Hey everyone, welcome to another amazing episode of the Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Ash Thorpe, and this week we are delighted to have senior 3D artist Andreas Azilius on the show with us. I was recently introduced to Andreas's work and was completely blown away by his ability to elevate his work with each new project. There's a level of detail and attention to his craft with his work that is incredibly respectable. It was great to find out that behind this amazing work lives a very humble and grounded person. In our interview, I got a chance to know Andreas's ambitions and goals that propel his work and got lots of inspiration from his journey to mastery. There are some very wise words expressed in this episode, so be sure to pay close attention, and oftentimes, the best advice is the simplest advice. So let's begin, everybody, episode 170 with Andreas Ezelius. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for, for being on the podcast. As I mentioned, I had been watching, uh, I got, I got, uh, my friend Leo sent me your work and he's like, Hey, check this out. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> and, and I just kind of, it, it blew my mind there every once in a while, it kind of happens where you get sent work that kind of remind you what you're supposed to be doing and, and the level you're supposed to be hitting. And, uh, yeah. your work, your work definitely did that for me. It was the, uh, your current work in progress on the 68 Ford Mustang GT fastback and yeah. that massive scroll. I was like, Whoa, man, this is crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, first and foremost, thank you for the inspiration cause it's awesome. Um, and yeah, thank you for, you know, being kind enough to share your time and we've been able to chat a little bit here and there and enjoy one another's comedy and stuff. So yeah, it's yeah. good. To, it's good to do this episode. So yeah, thanks, bud. I know it's. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure what time it is out there. It's Thanksgiving Day here in America. It's, yeah, it's like 11 a.m., but I'm not sure what time it is there. Um, it's uh, 8 p.m. here. So I just uh, well, put my daughter to sleep. And uh, <laughs> oh, they go to bed early. That's right. They're pretty young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for. This, uh, it's an honor and privilege. Uh, as I said before, I, I listen to a lot of episodes of your podcast. It's, it's great. Uh, it's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, we, we try to do our best to like expose certain things, nuances that get often hidden in the fold. And at the same time, like, yeah. you know, you know, it's just like exposing people that are uh, in a sense, uh, like yourself exploring that, that realm of, of mastery, I guess, you know, on the quest towards it, you know? So, um, there's a lot of things that I want to talk to you about. Um, and I, I apologize to everybody that's listening. I've had a really gnarly cold that I'm trying to get over and I could only postpone this, this podcast for so long. So you have to deal with my, my very white voice, <laughs> my deep voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so, uh, yeah, I guess let's talk a little bit about, you know, your quest to mastery because there's obvious, obviously you're on a quest to, you know, I'm not sure if it's, uh, you know, under, like it's something that you focused on and made a goal towards yeah. it or what, but you're obviously ahead of the curve on a lot of these things. <laughs> where, where's that drive come from and, and when did, where did it start and, um, where do you think you are in that? that realm right now as, as if, you know, if you were to say 10,000 hours, where are you yeah. at in the 10,000 hour rule? Um, yeah, that's a very interesting question. I don't, I don't think I've thought of it that way really. It's, uh, 
it's more of um, I'm, I'm always constantly trying to learn stuff yeah. and uh, like every project I do I try to learn something new and, and incorporate new skills and uh, so I don't know I just try to improve on each project that's good. I mean, uh, I guess that's probably the way to look at it, right? I mean, that's the very like yeah. simplified version of it. But I mean, instead of getting, I don't know. I mean, when you get into this level of CGI, you're taking mm. on so much, you know, like there's so many things, right? The technology yeah. side, the hardware side and the software side. And then yeah, yeah, once yeah. you understand that, then you have to have a good eye, <laughs> And that exactly, takes yeah. years. What is it? What is it having a good eye for design or aesthetic? What is that? And how does that? How does one acquire um, something like well, that? Well, I, I I can go back like to my childhood. I guess um, mm. I grew up in I, what I would consider a very creative household. Um, my parents used to like renovate <laughs> the apartments. And my mom has always been this problem solver and. Uh, she was never afraid of learning new stuff. And, you know, she used a hammer and she, and she used a paintbrush and everything. Mm. Um, I have two older brothers, uh, very creative, um, good at drawing, painting. Uh, they haven't pursued it in the same way as I have, but um, like growing up, I always looked up to them. Um, so I think uh, the side of me, the creative side, and uh, it comes from my family and um, I decided kind of early that I I, I probably wouldn't um, manage a normal job uh, <laughs> how did you figure that uh, out uh, I don't know I just when you like come up in the age of uh, like going to high school or uh, college or whatever and you you start to realize that soon you're gonna have to <laughs> like work for the rest of your life yeah, and uh, I had some of those like normal jobs, like a, a brewery or uh, changing light bulbs at a hospital and stuff like that. And every time I just come up miserable. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I just, I just, I have to create. That's, yeah, that's about it. So, uh, yeah, and so I, I decided kind of early that um, that I wanted to create games and. Um, yeah, I just, I just jumped at it. Was there uh, so was it, there a game that sparked that interest for you? Um, yeah, I think so. Like Command and Conquer, and the the first uh, Grand Theft Auto game um, back in those days. Yeah, uh, my oldest brother got a got a computer and uh, just started to play play games. I had lots of friends who played games. And it transitioned later to Quake, where I uh, actually started to, um, that's where I started this whole 3D thing. Like, I started making levels for Quake. Hmm. Just, uh, you know, there were no internet tutorials or anything <laughs> during that time. So yeah. I just found found the Quake editor on the CD. I just like double clicked it and, <laughs> you know, hmm. started pressing buttons. And, and uh, I just found it so interesting yeah. and it just uh, grew from there hmm, interesting yeah, yeah quake was pretty rad man it was it was one of those yeah. like kind of addicting games where you could just play it for hours and your brain so yeah. stimulated 
that it forgets yeah. it's an, attached to a body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you're just, uh, before you know it, you're like, oh, crap, I should probably <laughs> go use the restroom and go eat some food or something. Replenish yeah, my body. exactly. Yeah, it's a good game. It One of those um, perfect examples of amazing gameplay. I think mm-hmm. that's what you're... It wasn't a, it wasn't John, I think Ramita or something. I can't remember what his name is. The guy that developed, helped develop the levels for doom, the mm-hmm. original doom. I think he helped develop quake as well. Right. I can't remember if it was him. Oh uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Which is makes sense because it's just more like, it's almost like a more refined doom, I guess. Um, yeah. In a sense. And it's all about that gameplay and the graphics kind of meeting halfway too, which I think is fascinating and really, yeah, it's, it's it was so much yeah. fun. I had a lot of fun at that game too. Spent a lot, many hours. Yeah. It was like 007. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doom. Like I played Doom one time so much that I, my, uh, my dad's wife, I, she was a nurse and I thought I was getting tendonitis or something in my, cause my wrist, my hand wasn't able to grip completely. <laughs> And I, oh. I remember going to her with concern, like, is there something wrong with my hand? She's like, no, you've just been playing that game too much. You need to like, <laughs> stretch your wrist out and stuff. I'm like, wow, yeah. sheesh. <laughs> the quake sickness. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's funny, kind of funny, you know. So I don't play games nearly as much anymore. Um, I imagine mm. you're probably the same because, you know, you have family and stuff. Do you manage yeah. to still play games? And if so, what games do you play? Uh, that's mostly racing games. Yeah, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, sure. What games uh, spark your interest? What's what's out there that's good? Uh, racing wise, yeah. um, probably Assetto Corsa. Uh, I did try out the new ones, the Project Cars Two, Forza Seven, but I don't know. I, I tend to lean towards uh, that pure simulation. Yeah, Assetto Corsa yeah. is supposed to be like really quite accurate, right? Yeah. It's up there with um, eye racing and all of those, you know. Is that on the serious. computer? You have to use that on the computer, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm like on the fence whether I want to really get super nerdy with this stuff and get like a <laughs> wheel and everything. Do you have all that? Yeah. Yeah, I've been through that a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife like I get had... this out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a setup before I met my wife and. Um, Decided to get rid of it. Um, uh, played a lot of uh, <laughs> Forza uh, two and three online. Oh, okay, cool. on the Xbox, and uh, got rid of that. And then I, like a couple of years ago, I bought a simpler setup, which, which you can stow away under the table and stuff oh, for okay. the PC. But I ended up not using it because I I do three D too much, <laughs> so <laughs> sold that as well. What is it? Is it like a, a system that you have to push, put pieces together or is it an actual rig? Because I'm curious. I'm actually interested in getting uh, something like that. It is an actual rig, but it's a, it's a compact, like portable rig. Okay. So so what's it called? Ooh, I can't remember on top of my head. Sounds like we're talking, talking about like some sex toys or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Something, something pro, of course. Something, something <laughs> pro. pro. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. If it comes to you later, let me know. But yes. yeah, yeah, I just more or less curious because um, I really like that too. And I find there's a massive, like once you, once you hit a certain barrier, there's a disconnect with the controller. The controller is such a universal thing to interact with games, but it's not very good for like, actually, no. if you really want to get good at the, the racing simulation games and stuff. And yeah, yeah I was like, 
uh, maybe I'll get like a another racing bucket seat and yeah, yeah. <laughs> and go kind of crazy. But I was like, man, I really, I don't know. I, I know there's a way to find a good balance between them, but I just, yeah, yeah I get kind of a little too tied up. So I'm worried about chasing that reality a little bit too much or false reality, yeah. I guess. <laughs> but I think that's the only way to really play games for cars is to have the wheel and the feedback and everything. So yeah. Yeah, I, Kirill, uh, Kaisel, I mean, Kaisel was telling me about a yeah. set of Corsa and he was telling me to try that out and Project Cars too. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I'll have to I give like that a go. Set of Corsa, pretty good. Yeah, is it, is it, so what's the, what makes that game better or un, more unique, I guess, than the others? Uh, I don't know if it's better. It's, uh, they all have different feeling to the, uh, to the physics, I guess. The tire sure. model is uh, a bit different in all the games. I felt uh, a set of course is the one that feels most like driving on track in real life, from at least from my experience. I've never driven like a race car or anything, but you know, you get that certain feeling in the tires when you go like push towards the limit. Mm. Yeah, and I kind just... of felt that in oh, that game. Interesting. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I also have my own NSX so I can just go and do it Yeah. <laughs> in reality. It's <laughs> yeah, just a little bit more expensive when I break things and stuff. So, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's another cool. thing. But I, I feel like, um, enough simulation seat time, it doesn't give you everything, but it gives you, mm. uh, enough feedback to kind of build up, um, a mental library to understand kind of how cars are supposed to the line basically um, yeah. within car racing the fastest is the smoothest and and the smoothest mm. is the fastest that's what it's all about and i always remind myself when i'm up in the canyons racing zipping around and stuff i you know the less harsh i can be and the more smooth and fluid i can be the better and faster yeah. i'll be you know and you learn that a lot a, really cheaply obviously through running through simulations and, and these video games too so yeah and, and the graphics are getting quite impressive too um especially if oh, like, yeah, yeah. you have a good rig too which i have pretty awesome computers to handle this stuff easily so mm. yeah i'll have to check it out and get into it i'm just worried about just like falling into that rabbit hole and i don't need <laughs> another thing to add to my list of madness so <laughs> yeah i would definitely <laughs> recommend uh, trying vr That's oh the best yeah. thing ever racing Damn on the PC. Yeah. Okay. Um, Maybe I'll save this for next year. <laughs> yeah. Get the VR and then like this, this like kit, right? This like compact yeah, racing kit thing. That would be awesome. Yeah. Oh, I remember the name now. It's a Wheel Stand Pro. Wheel Stand Pro. I think that's what Kaisel said he has. Wheel Stand It's not too expensive Pro. either. So. <coughs> it was pretty sturdy for, for what it is. And Pro. You're checking out. Did you get the V1 or V2? Oh, it's pretty cheap. I yeah. think V2, yeah. Okay. All right, all right, cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it, it that's really a, quite affordable for what it is. And, huh. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Oh, it's on. It's on. Yeah, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. That's really cool. I mean, teach his own, right? I mean, you're really interested in this stuff, which obviously you are based on the yeah. work that you do on your personal time. It, it kind of mm. helps feed it. So do you? So you don't play that much now, or you do? You just uh, no. do three D and stuff. Really. On I a ratio, mostly. you do like what? A couple hours a week, or 
Of games? Of hours a month? Yeah, uh, playing games. No. <laughs> hmm. A couple of hours. Uh, yeah, maybe a couple of hours a month, I guess. Oh, that's not too bad. You just do it as a mental release? Uh, not really. <laughs> oh. Every time every time I try to... Um, yeah, because I work with games, I feel the like obligation to keep updates, updated with um, like the latest games, try them out just to just to feel where everything is going and uh, look at the graphics and whatever everyone else is creating. So sure. So I feel that I have to do it sometimes, but every time I sit down to play, I just I just feel that I'm wasting time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I feel bad doing it. Yeah, I have the same problem. I can I only know. do it for so long until I feel incredibly yeah. guilty. So, <laughs> yeah, because it's a pleasure thing. I don't know if that's a problem or not. Um, we talked a little bit about the 10,000 hours. You're aware of that whole yeah, idea, yeah, right? Yeah. Where do you feel yeah. like you are in this in regards to your interest in CGI and making this kind of work? Where are you in that 10,000 um, hours? I think it depends on uh, like the video game side of it. I think I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty much up there. I think I, I feel that I have control of, I know how to make stuff, and at least when it comes to vehicles and hard surface uh, things. And um, the modeling aspect, yeah, of, modeling, like, video game pipeline stuff, you know, yeah, technical stuff, okay. everything. Like, um, but when it comes to like visualization and and rendering and the, the things that I do on on, on the side. Uh, yeah, I have lots to <laughs> lots to learn. I have a like a document on a computer, like a backlog of projects that I want to create, and all of them are based on like new stuff I want to learn. Like I want to learn rendering hair because I, I never do characters, but I want to. I just want to learn how to do it. Yeah, uh, that's a dark one. And I, then I come up with a project to do that. It's like I, I want to make a portrait of a monkey or whatever. Hmm. Um, and I have several of those. <laughs> um, a list so, of, of things that you want to learn how to do? Yes. Oh, and that's cool. Like, I like that. A made-up project connected to each. I like that. I'm the same way. And I think that's a smart way to approach it because it gives your project, rather than just being like a, a task, it actually gives it a project to attach it to. So, Because a project-based learning, I think, is the best way to learn, personally. The learn art, at least. Because you, yeah. you face all the challenges through the, through the project itself, and yeah, it, exactly. You never know what you're going to learn through that process until you actually have to do it, um, and then you kind of fall down that rabbit hole. I think so. That's mm -hmm. good. So in video games, you, you're at that ten thousand hours and beyond, and then in this other part of your life, this outside kind of free, free, um, creative form, you feel like I, I would say, yeah. in my opinion, from looking from the outside in, your hard su surface. Um, poly modeling, texturing, mm. lighting, and even design. You're in the 10,000 hour realm. Are you going to continue yeah. in this realm? And then, but are you, you mentioned the next big step for you is to conquer the uncanny valley. Is that what you're going for? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's always uh, like a goal when you're, when you're that's the Everest of, realistic. of art. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to create, I mean, I've had people tell me that they can't see a difference between real life and my renders. Um, I don't really agree, but that's because I, I have a critical eye on it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll talk about that too, the critical eye, but yeah, 
But yeah, um, getting into that that uncanny valley because once you start doing characters, that's a whole nother thing. I think inanimate objects like cars and guns and designs, um, so much easier to convince the brain because our mind mm-hmm. knows the simple basics of like a car. Like we've our, our whole evolution as a species, we've been t- we know what a, a human face looks like, you know. Whereas a car and these inanimate objects are so new and fresh, we don't have enough information to say that's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not right. You know, but a human eye and a face and everything, it's like, man, when they can really pull it off, it's pretty insane. Pretty, really crazy. Yeah. It's a fine line too, because if it looks too human, we go, that's mm. fake. When it looks too yeah. unhuman, it's like, that's fake. It has to be like almost like on that realm. You yeah. can cheat a lot with lighting, obviously, and all that stuff, but yeah, that's a really hard thing to get through. Have you seen the the latest Planet of the Apes film? Uh, no, no, I haven't. You should check that it's out. Supposed to be really good. It's got amazing CGI in it, and they're not humans, obviously, but the CGI yeah. of the the apes themselves is incredible. Like right. the best I've ever seen. And I have, I feel yeah. like I'm pretty critical on this stuff, but it's got. Yeah. some of the best CGI. I was just kind of blown away the whole time. I was like, what the hell? Like <laughs> just blown away by just the level of nuance that the yeah. artist put behind these. And my wife, she, she knows this business somewhat, you know, cause she has to work with me and sees the ins and outs of it. But she was, we were watching it and when we were done, I was, and I was like, wow, that was some crazy CGI. She's like, well, which parts? I'm like, well, every, every ape was, uh, was <laughs> completely CGI. Ape, uh... And she was like, wow, really? And I'm like, yeah. yeah, she's like, I thought that was just, there were doubles or something. I'm like, no, that was completely CGI. She was like, wow. And I was like, wow, that's yeah, amazing. They got there. you. That's great. You know? Yeah, it really is. It really is getting there, which is awesome. It's a, and it's a completely different uh, dimension when you add animation to. I think animation has been the, like the biggest problem for yeah. CGI so far. Yeah. Um, like the new Star Wars movies when they add like uh, CGI doubles in it, for example. Yeah. Um, I mean, in the still shots, it's photorealistic, but as you can tell as soon as they <laughs> start moving, it's like, ah. There's something a bit off here. And it's, and it's, it's really tricky and you have to understand yeah. human psychology, how we interact with things and why these things are like, there's slight delays in certain muscle groups that don't make yeah. sense or work. The last, um, the last piece that got me really well, have you seen the latest Blade Runner? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's well, Rachel really awesome. is CGI. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Spoiler alert um, for but, anybody but it, that didn't know that. So, yeah. Yeah, but I think it kind of worked because you 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 know that she's an android, right? Yeah, exactly. So there's a psychological kind of okay aspect. Then. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. But on the on the tone of just the level of mastery in the craft of tackling mm. the uncanny on the CGI department's side for her, I thought they did a phenomenal job. Because in yeah. the beginning, I'm like, wow, they got a really good look alike here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as they put it together. And I thought I had a pretty good eye. And so when I watched, I saw an article on it after, I was like, wow, that was really amazing. They were mm-hmm. really getting close to it. And I think it has a lot to do with animations, of course, and the fidelity of it with face tracking yeah. and all that stuff. But I also think it has a lot to do with just the lighting and the tone and then as you mentioned the psychology behind it where we know that she's a synthetic creature so that we're i mean we're a little bit 
she's not like a loving mom in a sitcom or something, you know, where mm-hmm. that would be really weird. Um, if yeah. the loving mom was an uncanny valley head, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> which would probably make for good entertainment. So yeah, uh, yeah. they'd call it the uncanny valley family or something like that. But <laughs> that would um, be creepy. Yeah, it would be super creepy and fun and weird. So kind yeah. of like what shows used to be like an MTV or something. But um, yeah, that's an interesting ta- task for you to get into. Um, you talked a little bit about modeling, I guess, probably some of the things that we should probably get out of the way just so people, you know, these are common questions I'm sure you get like, hey, yeah. what what button did you push to make it awesome? And <laughs> yeah. what programs you use? So let's get those out of the way Um Programs that yep. you use are commonly used and possibly the reasons why you got a list of that stuff. Maybe we just get it out of the way mm, so people sure. know. And then, and then I'll maybe dig into it. I have a couple of questions, I'm sure. So, Sure. Um, it's not a long list. I, uh, I model and uh, UV map everything in Maya. Um, I started in 3D Studio Max, but uh, we use Maya at work. So I thought it would be simpler just to, to stay in one program. Um I render in Maya as well. I recently switched to Redshift. You were using Corona awesome. for a while, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been using V-Ray, Corona, uh, Arnold was the latest, um, and Redshift now, which is uh, GPU-based. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, I try to texture everything in Substance Painter or directly in Maya with the, like tiling textures and shader tweaks stuff like that yeah um <laughs> i never use photoshop for texturing uh, other than like preparing like tiling textures or you know color grading stuff sure so pho- um, photoshop's kind of like the last thing that you do or yeah it's more for preparation if i need to create some a mask of uh, uh, like decals or something to use in Substance Painter. I would do that in Photoshop. All sure. the 2D stuff, like pixel pushing, <laughs> that's Photoshop. Sure. And uh, 3D painting is Substance Painter, um, mm. which is pretty awesome for high high poly meshes as well. Yeah, I think um, are they were they locked at was it 4K that they were locked at for a while, but now it's at 8K. Yeah, I think it's 8K, 8K uh, experimental right now. Yeah, they need to get but that it, finished, yeah. people. Come on. <laughs> it's just a lot of information. Has, uh, I think, so. Yeah. I usually texture with UDIMS. So um, uh, Substance Painter doesn't have full support for UDIMS now. Uh, UDIMS is like UV tile system so that you can have like many high-res textures on a single object. Um you kind of need that to get the resolution if you want to render stuff up close, I guess. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I never even heard of this yeah. thing, Udance. Yeah. yeah. That's basically, uh, have you heard of Mari? Yeah, Mari is kind of what their gym camera is using in the... Yeah, the, the, that's like the industry standard for film, I guess. Uh, because it can handle like huge amounts of data. You can have basically 9,999 UV tiles on a single object. Oh. And... Every single texture can be like a 16K and it wow. can still paint across all the tiles, you know, <laughs> fluently. So, How do you spell this thing, this UDIMS? How do you spell that? Uh, U-D-I-M. U-D-I-M. Oh, okay. U-D. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. 
Yeah, this is sick. I didn't know about that. And that's probably the best way to, to approach it, right? Because substance can only get to yeah. the 4K. What you do, then you use like this. That's why I feel it's yeah. kind of funny with the CGI thing is like, we're like, we're professionals, but we're basically duct taping all these things together in the background, <laughs> yeah. kind of hiding the fact that it's like just a bunch of madness, really, you know? So yeah. you, you mentioned what you do is kind of you use only a couple of tools, but you meant you've run off like 10 things. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my workflow is pretty simple, but yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, you got a lot of stuff going on. I know some people who use like a different tool for UV mapping and different one for painting, uh, another one for hair. A second one for uh, baking AO, a third one for baking normal maps. I try to keep it all in one, um, just to stay sane. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. But but you know, some some software is uh, like really niched in, or if you can say that. I like Marvelous Designer. I only use that for, you know, you use that to make fabrics, um, and you have. ZBrush or Modbox for sculpting, um, stuff like that. So, do you feel that working at Dice helps you because you have other artists to just go like, "Hey, how do you do this? Do you do that often, or do you learn off offline? How do you how do you get this information? Because you're also talking about ZBrush and Marvelous Designer, which are uh, um, kind of bespoke say, programs yeah. as well. Yeah, I would <laughs> say both. Um, I like to learn stuff on my own as well as asking, you know, I can go to a character artist and just say, Hey, I want to make this in my spare time. Can you show me how to just get up and running in marvelous designer? And then, you know, after 30 minutes, I can, I can uh, sit on my own and just, you know, learn this stuff. Uh, that's awesome. So it's a, that's it a really priceless resource. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cause I have uh, to like, I'm by thing. myself. I have to like Google and ask people yeah. and, and I end up having too much frustration. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It takes a lot of time. I mean, um, yeah. but I, I, I have learned a lot of my like knowledge on my own and it takes so much time. I mean, if I would have like a mentor, uh, some of the new guys now have so much information and so many, there's so much talent out there. Yeah. Um, like workshops and, uh, uh, you know, like you were involved in Learn Squared, yeah, stuff like that. That didn't exist like 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, man. Uh, so we we just had to grind it out, I guess. <laughs> so those ten thousand hours, I mean, they're pretty long gone, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The acceleration is quite crazy because of the amount yeah. of resources, namely the internet too. When the internet became accessible and easy for everybody to to get yeah. a hold of, it's just yeah. But it's also really hard to filter who's knows what they're talking about also you know especially to somebody that doesn't know these things you know and how to navigate the right information you know like because there's as a consumer there every program saying hey use me because i'm the one that knows this you know oh wow yeah, yeah, yeah and i think that's why it's a common question for for people when they're starting out it's like well how do i make that one thing and they don't realize that at even your level, you have to use five, six, seven different things to make the one thing that you want to make, you know, yeah. but it all comes down when people ask me these questions, they just go, well, it comes down to what it, it whatever you're interested in and whatever mm. you're interested in will constitute whatever you, that you're going to make basically, you know? So if yeah. you're interested in like doing a figure 
that's dancing around like a dress or something. Well, there's like 10 things you're going to have to learn in order to get there. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. But if you're interested in designing like a wheel, then okay, that's a different thing. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more isolated, you know? So I think the key is understanding what it is that you want out of this. And you got to be ready yes. because it's just years and years and years of, of just drudgery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> how do you uh, keep, fun. how do you keep, uh, excited and, um, keeping at it? Because, uh, it seems like from my standpoint with a viewpoint of you is that you're just kind of hitting that wheel of pain every day and just going at it and going, you know, chipping away at it every day. How do you, how do you keep that inspiration going through these long projects? Because I think how long have you been working on the Mustang for now? Um, I think it's been probably three months, I guess. Well, that's not too bad, but you're pretty quick, I would imagine, too, because you know what you're doing by now. Yeah. yeah three months is still a decent amount of time. Three months, and that's about two or three hours a day. Three yeah. months, I guess. Damn. It's pretty long. Um, um, what was the original question? How do I keep the inspiration up? Yep. Yeah. How do you keep well, inspired? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's so fun. It's like a therapeutical thing to model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, also a, a simple thing, such a simple thing, like posting stuff every day and get like, good comments on it. Keeps my motivation up. Um, feedback. I don't think I, yeah, feedback and just positive, this positive loop, you know, yeah. Um, I don't think I could keep up this like this rate of work if I if I never showed anything to anyone. So it's uh, it's a re- it's a true driving force, I think, uh, to show your work and get appreciation and inspire others. And you know, you hear you can you can work on like the tiniest detail that will never be shown for like ten days, and then someone comes and writes you like an email saying. Oh, I had a look at your stuff and uh, it motivates me so much. And, uh, and now I'm going to go and do my own project. Then I get a lot of positive energy from that and makes me like keep going. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and um, also That's... a couple of years ago, I, I decided to like all the projects that I start, I have to finish hmm. because good. finishing them is that's like 50% of the enjoyment like look i i made this and it took four months and here's the result so i want to get that feeling so i I can't stop now yeah man that's good i think that's probably like the best way to approach it too is you need to be able to to finish your work because if you don't Mm -hmm. then you're kind of what's it doing you know what's the point yeah you you have to be able to finish your work because that's the key i think that's really um I was going to ask you, there's a question I have because imagine that I would curious about your response to this, but we're getting into that now is what's the main difference between an amateur and a pro in your eyes? Uh, I guess it depends. Um, A professional person needs to have like more insights into production. I think, Mm. uh, needs to understand what it takes to like manage a project. Um, and I think that's one part of, of why I can do these long projects because I, I break it down in smaller parts and I, I, I don't look at the whole thing from the beginning. I'd like, I'd start with 
like a screw <laughs> and then I have a document of like 400 pieces that I have to model and I just cross one after the other. You know? mm. I, I have this like small rule that I have to model at least one part a day. And, you know, sometimes I get it in 30 minutes and sometimes it takes four hours, but you know, I have to cross up one, up one thing on the list. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, you know, being professional. I think you have to be able to work with other people as well. Yeah. Uh, you have to, uh, deliver what you promised. That's a big one. I think, um, uh, do it on time and even better over deliver on time. I think, hmm. yeah. Otherwise, I don't know. Um, no, I like it. That's all. These are all good things. Being on time, delivering on time, breaking things down, not being overwhelmed. All these different. I think it's a multifaceted question, you know. So, yeah. and I think that's really the key. And I and I feel that that's one thing that I realized once I started to try to turn into a professional was those were the, mm -hmm. a lot of the traits, you know, being on time, delivering, over delivering yeah. if possible, and um, finishing your work. Basically, those are the the key differences is when I encounter somebody that isn't a professional that they're, they're more of a talk. They do a lot of talking rather than just getting to yeah. work. And I, yeah. there's to some point there's some validity in that a little bit, um, the talking aspect, but I find it's just mostly just a waste of time. It's best just to get in there yeah, and get yeah. to work, you know? So, yeah. yeah. But I can, I can see it uh, on a lot of the new guys coming in, like on dice, for example, at dice. Um, you can see if you, you're in the planning process of the project, you can, you can clearly see who, who has experience and who doesn't. Because mm -hmm. if we get asked like, how many vehicles do you think you can finish during this project? And I might say two or something, because we have a lot of like, different tasks I need to take care of outsourcing and need to help other artists and I need to, you know do all these things. I might get sick or I need to take care of the kids or whatever. So I, I'm always going to promise low and over deliver. Yeah. But you can see it uh, in the more junior people. They, they, they're more eager to show that, you know, I can do this. Sure. I can make six vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> and then they end up like crunching for three months, you know, which is something I, I don't really like. So. Yeah. I'd rather do my do my eight hours and then go home and you know do something else. <laughs> sure. Yeah. That's that's oh. something that comes with time too, because you want to prove to everybody that you can do it. But then yeah, yeah, it kind of eats at your soul if you're not careful. Yeah. I, I think it's fine <laughs> in the beginning if you want to like make a statement. But um, yeah, I used to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah, fun. sure. Me too. But but it, it comes a time when you know. And you start to realize that, you know, in the end, nobody cares if you make, you know, 15 or five vehicles, <laughs> as long as you together, you deliver the product on time and quality, you know? Yeah. So I think it's better, it. better to be smart about it and, you know, plan realistically. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it though. And I think that's solid advice too. Um, that brings us to our next thing I want to talk about is the work life balance because you have a family yeah. and all that stuff and, but you work in the creative field. This is one of the, the most, um, 
common topics and questions that come up in the podcast and how do you balance it? Uh, yeah, well, as I said, I, I don't like to crunch <laughs> at work. At work, so yeah. I, yeah, I try to finish. Well, I have to. When did you I make that go, decision, up, by the way? I think I did it quite early because I don't like the, the whole crunch culture thing. I never understood why. I mean, I understand why some people have to do it at some points in a project. But if I can avoid it by planning better, why not? I mean, I don't want to, I want to do other stuff when I'm home, like learn new things and, and, you know, explore other areas of art uh, or whatever. So, yeah, uh, I think that was always with me. Uh, I don't want to spend time at a place where I, I don't want to be <laughs> sure. all the time. So. <laughs> it's not like you don't, uh, you're saying you don't like where you like your job. It's just that it's, I love it. That, yeah, yeah. It's the best job I've I, I can't think of doing anything else, but uh, there's a limit to everything, you know. Sure. I also want to make my own projects and learn other stuff. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so also I have kids, <laughs> which <Yeah>. needs uh, <laughs> picking up at daycare and stuff. So I have to leave at a certain time every day, uh, which means I come in really early, and I leave quite early. So. Mm. Then you know, spend time with the family around, you know, cooking dinner, eating dinner, play around a bit, uh, uh, make him go to bed. Then like after seven, eight, the evening, yeah, I can start working on my own stuff. And strategically, I place the computer in the living room so I can I can look at the wife <laughs> <laughs> while I work at my stuff. <laughs> And she must be, um, she must be very patient and understanding then yeah. too. Cause yeah, same with yeah. my wife as well, because I call it the mistress. It's like the thing that keeps us away up at night, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, and it just kind of that thing that keeps us going at the same time, um, for a wife or husband or lover or whatever, um, yeah. that doesn't understand that it's a hard it's a hard lesson to learn early on in a relationship because oh, yeah, as yeah. artists, you know, whether we believe it or not, we're very selfish and individualized, mm. you know, and, um, not intentional. It's just kind of what it is, you know? And yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of tough to, to explain to somebody like, Hey, I, I think you're great, but I'd rather do this <laughs> thing right now for hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and but, but, I, that's hard. That's hard to deal with, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but she's great. And I do have my downtimes uh, between projects because I I get kind of burned out as well. You know, spending day and night with 3D stuff uh, for a couple of months, you get really tired. Yeah. Um, like so when I finish one of these big things, I just I take a couple of weeks off. And, uh, usually I get back to something else <laughs> rather quickly, but sure. I, I try to take some time off as well. So. Sounds like but, you have a I good mean, balance, though. Sounds like you have a good understanding of what makes you happy and how to achieve that then, right? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how old are you now? I'm 30, 33. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. So, and it's taking you how long to find this balance? Oh, wow. I'm not sure that I've done anything different lately. Oh, damn. So before. you're just smart like, right off the bat. No, nah, I don't know. Damn you. Damn you. <laughs> I think I was just... Uh, 
just do what I feel is the most fun, I guess. Sure. I mean, I mean I've been I've been doing three D for for a long time, so even before before I started working, so yeah. um, I don't know. I just uh, I think I'm a I'm an organized person, and I need to have the schedule of doing things, even creative stuff. I need to schedule for it. I think that's a, the way to keep it up. I'm sure. not sure that I have these, uh, you know, the artist block or whatever you, whatever yeah. you call it. I'm not sure I've had that. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you have a good control over a lot of these aspects, which allows yeah. you to avoid those common artistic pitfalls, which I think is really smart because you build up these like foundations that don't allow it. Basically <laughs> yeah. you get burnout, which is common. I get burnout as well. I don't have artistic block either. My problem is there's not enough time in the day to do all the things I want to do. That's the biggest yeah, exactly. issue I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, there's so many things I want to learn. Um, yeah. And, and not just in CGI, but just in life in general, you know, they're fun. I find mm. fascinating, but yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. It's really cool. I, I, what's your, so you mentioned artist, artistic block. Uh, mm. You said you've never encountered it or you have, and you just, to work through it. Uh, of course I have. I mean, there, there, there are always times in your life where you're like tired of, tired of whatever you're doing and you question yourself or whatever. But sure. Um, but I find it more in my photography because I, I do a lot of photography on the side as well. Hmm, okay. And it's, it's easier to get into that, you know, that uh, rut <laughs> or whatever you can call it uh, compared to 3D stuff. Because on the 3D side, I have so many things. I, I mean, if I don't like working on the Ford Mustang a day, I can work on something else. I always have something I want to learn or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, in the middle of a project, I, I just keep this the wheel going. If you work on it every day, every night, you know, and try to cross off one thing, it gets in your habit. It's like working out at the gym or whatever, you know, sure. it's tough the first two weeks and then it's almost like automatically it, it's, it's not even something you think about. You know? Yeah. You just kind of, it kind of happens. Maybe with photography, yeah. you don't have that kind of like that approach as you do with 3d, maybe, you know, you haven't compartmentalized yeah, it uh, as, in, enough yeah. or as much as you do with 3d perhaps. Yeah. I think there's something <laughs> In that, yeah. In my 3D, uh, I always have 3D projects, you know, so I can structure up things and plan and work on it a little bit every day. But in my photography, I don't think I have projects in the same way. Yeah. I probably should. That's the pitfall. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's probably why. Yeah. It's kind of cool. I mean, for me, I personally like to digest and figure out why I'm frustrated or why yeah. I haven't been able to finish a certain thing or whatever. But Usually because um, for the most part, uh, you, you just have your yourself to blame <laughs> for any of these yeah, pitfalls, sure. <laughs> you know, um, at least that's yeah. how I look at it. I like to face it head on and just go like, well, if, 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 if something sucks, it's my fault, you know, because yeah, um, sure. then I go, well, I'm in control. And that's really, really, I think that's when you really embrace the fact that you are in control of fixing yes, these things. I agree. You know? I think um, you get happier that way as well. Yeah. You don't get well, you get pissed at the beginning. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you, I mean, if someone else is better than you, that it, it just means that you haven't done your homework or you haven't worked hard enough. Yeah. Exactly. On that certain thing. So, 
uh, you should never be envious of other people. I think you should just look at it and see what they do good and just, you know, try to do it better yourself. Hmm. It's simple as that, right? Isn't it? I think it is. Yeah. Why do most people not get that though? Why do you think? Because there's a lot of envy, there's a lot of ego, there's all kinds of madness going on, you know. I think it has to do with, uh, like, looking at yourself, honestly. <laughs> mm. I know most of the people, uh, if you're interested in, like, self-help or uh, getting to know yourself, know your, like, inner demons or whatever, or just inner workings of your mind and what kind of person you are and what kind of faults you have is much easier to I think understand other people and also understand that you are like you said like you're in control and it's, it's your you can change things yeah it's not not someone else's fault that you're in your position uh, I mean it could be but uh, most of the time it isn't yeah yeah I agree yeah I think that's a good way to look at it, though, because it really you allows you to have complete freedom. Because once you take on responsibility, you also take on the ultimate truth. I think with this stuff, and it's mm. just like, well, you can you can have control over this situation and, and, and make it better or not. You mentioned self help yeah. and stuff. Do you uh, are you into that kind of stuff? Do you read books like that or listen to them? Or I don't read books a lot, but um, I think the last couple of years, like the last two years. I've been really into, uh, I've been listening to like Sam Harris, um, mm. stuff like that. Particular um, book that comes to mind that's helped you? Uh, the latest one I listened to was uh, just called How to Influence People, How to Win Friends and Influence People or whatever it's called. Have yeah. you heard about that? Yeah, I've heard that's about that. It's like a classic one from like the 50s or 60s, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was really good because I've I've struggled before with um, uh, principles. I've had like really hard principles. Um, for example, at work, if if um, to climb higher in the ranks, you're supposed to be one kind of person that is like formed in one way or in society, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've always uh, <coughs> got this feeling that if someone tells me to do something. I'm not going to do it <laughs> because, you know, it's a principle. I'm not going to play the game just to, you know, make someone else happy. Uh, I'm going to be me. But, uh, but I realized like a couple of years ago that, you know, the world can't change for you. And so if you want something, then either you have to change yourself or you're going to get stuck wherever you are. So mm. I think that book really helped me. Mm-hmm. understand that you, you don't have to change yourself just to like, play the game or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's when I uh, got into this whole like introspective thinking about myself. Who am I? Uh, why am I thinking this? Uh, why am I doing this? Uh, what can I do to improve? Um, you know, if I want to reach this goal, what, what does it take? Do I have to change uh, this or this about myself to reach that goal? Is it worth it? Do I want to do that? Um, you know, stuff like that. Mm, it's fascinating stuff, isn't it? Because then you start to really yeah, understand yeah. the the depths of these things too. Yeah, and that's really when it gets quite crazy because you can kind of open up those different 
I think what is interesting is if you're building out this kind of stuff, if you're an artist that goes in and takes something and builds out this life form or design, you can also see that you can do the same thing in real life with yourself and your personality and you're just shifting a couple of things around and um, adjusting the ego, which is another thing I want to talk to you you about is, is your uh, thought process and approach on the artist ego and where does that play and, and how important is it? in the overall role as an artist is uh, the ego basically. Oh, wow. It's a big uh, one. It's, it's a, it's, yeah, it's, that's yeah. a big one. Uh, yeah. That's what I'm she said. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> or he said, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know really, man. It's, uh, I don't think I have a big ego. <laughs> it's, uh, most people say that I can. Yeah. But I, I can, <laughs> I don't know what way do you want to you want to look at it. I I mean I think I work good with people. I don't have a hard time like killing my darlings. Um, I know some people have a really hard time. Why do like, you think showing... that is? I have no idea. I just don't give a crap what people think. <laughs> hmm. It's like uh, you know I can show my stuff and if, if people hate it, it's fine. If people love it, it's even better. But I don't know. I never thought about it as, uh, you know, I'm the best in the world. It's rather the opposite, you know. Hmm. Um, when you contacted me, I was like, oh, my God, is this uh, an imposter? <laughs> As hmm. sure. He can't wow. be, can't talk to me, you know. Uh, so I think being humble is probably part, ever, of the, part of the ingredient, I guess, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think I'm, I'm maybe over humble to a degree that it, it doesn't help me. Uh, I can probably, cause I'm, I, I think I'm a bit introverted as well. So I, I could probably benefit from being a bit more outspoken and, you know, do you think so? Yeah. Uh, when do you, when it, does that I mean, come to your mind when you see other people succeed? They're just loud. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. It, it comes back to that, you know, the mold that you should, you know, fit into to be successful. Yeah. At least that's what I see. Uh, they want you to be loud. They want you to be seen. They want you to, you know, I don't know. <laughs> it feels like uh, to gain the quickest in like hierarchy and positions or whatever in work, you have to be in a certain way. It seems that way. And most of the time because people will listen to the loudest person in the room, unfortunately. Usually yeah. those people are idiots and then you just gotta go like, ugh. This guy. <laughs> yeah. <You> know, so <laughs> that's why we yeah. have this guy like that's running America now. He's just one of the loudest people in the room, basically, <laughs> unfortunately. So and it just leads to this weird odd predicament, you know. So um Yeah, it is a bit tragic, but I I think I've I've started to learn how to get away, uh, get around that problem. I think. Like, yeah. I think you can get around it and still keep your you know, integrity and personality or whatever. So, there's but a it's, way. Uh, it's a longer journey, right? A, yes, it is. It, it's like a life lessons. Nice guys finish last or nice people yeah. finish last. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if I want to finish on top. <laughs> I don't know if I see it that way. Uh, I just want to you know, you always get want to get recognized, and yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, 
it's just funny how, yeah, going back to that ego thing, I don't, uh, I don't think I ever had that big of an ego. Hmm. So. Have you always been in Sweden? Is that where you have been yeah. born and raised? Okay. I think it's also yes. probably maybe a culture thing too. <laughs> So I know different uh, parts probably, of the world, yeah. you got to scream to get your, your say in, in anything in life. And if you don't, then you're just going to get trampled on yeah. and forgotten about, probably, yes. mm, you know, in these very capitalistic consumer societies, it's kind of how it yeah. works. The ego drives a machine basically. And the louder you are, the more you're able to get represented. But yeah, mm -hmm. I think it could possibly be a, a culture thing too, because I have a couple friends from Sweden as well. that are like the most mm -hmm. chill and educated people I've ever met. I'm like, wow, how's that work? You know, I think you guys are, you guys are onto something out there. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely a special, a special Long place. That's the, that's the recipe. <laughs> you think the winters have something to do with the psychology? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And no, I think, hmm. I think definitely long winters. It's dark all the time. Uh, we have nothing else to do then sit in front of the computer and just <laughs> learn stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. That's interesting though. Yeah. It, culture is from around the world. It always just fascinates me because mm. so, so much of who we are is based on the landlocked aspect of our species basically. And then you get a little bit further out of that. It's just really interesting. I find that fascinating because what's culture going to look like in a hundred years from now when landlocked is yeah. in a, is in a concept basically, you know, and where is everything going? Um, That's really interesting. Yeah, it's a question I ask myself all the time. Like, where is this all going? You know, because, you know, um, the Moore's Law and where everything is heading and the exponential rate of change. And, you know, yeah. when we're sitting here, we're pretty much the same age. I'm 34, so we're a year split. It's not that yeah. big of a deal. Like, it's not that big. So we've seen a lot of that the trends and stuff we grew up, you know, without the oh, internet yeah, yeah. and without cell phones, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and in a brief part of our blink of existence, our lives, uh, we've seen a, a massive change, massive shift. Yes. Yeah. What's your thoughts? Where's, where are we going with all this stuff? Um, and where, where oh, are we going to be in 50 years? If you, do you think about this kind of stuff? It's something that keeps me yeah, up at I night. Do. So <laughs> yeah, I do all the time. I, I mean, uh, kind of have to, I guess, in this industry, because yeah. if, if you don't, you're not relevant, you know. Exactly. I mean, I I think it's impossible to to even grasp what we will do in in fifty years. Yeah. Um, I mean, in games, in like the the twenty years that games have been like in our lives, it's gone from like jumping pixels on a screen to like, <laughs> like both the real virtual reality. I don't even know where where we're at in 20 years. I think it possibly um, there's some kind of uh, like trends going waves, you know? Yeah. So uh, at some point, I think <laughs> we're going to get like, so close to film that people are going to miss the simple gameplay or whatever. And, and parts of the business is going to go back to the roots. I think it's happened a couple of times already. Mm. Um, but in terms of like entertainment or things like that, I have no idea. I think VR is going to be big, but it, it's not going to happen now. Yeah, it's still quite it's new. In, in, yeah, in a couple of generations. I think content is going to have to drive it more uh, rather than hardware. I think. 
Yeah. There, it seems yeah. like the hardware is pretty close in certain aspects, but the content is way yeah. far away still. Yeah. We need like we need our funky. steel. We need our Spielbergs and and exactly. stuff in VR, and that that hasn't shown itself yet. It's all about the people pushing the idea of what works, mm. right? So, yeah, I mean, you didn't know what certain types of films were until you watched that type of film, and you're like, wow, yeah. okay, that's that's what film is, you know. Yeah. And somebody's like, no, this is what film is like, and then. <laughs> and they shift and change the what it is, you know, which is fascinating. I find that totally yeah. fascinating. Yeah, but I don't think I'm gonna fall into the trap of saying like, oh no, I don't think it's uh, gonna evolve more than VR because <laughs> yeah, you know, imagine a hundred years ago they couldn't even they couldn't yeah, matrix even style come up with, it, with the things that we have now. You know, I think what you do is you take what we are as creatures and, and the core of us were really quite simple. And I think if you take those simple ingredients and then you really disperse them out, you understand what our cravings are. Um, for the most part, we will find, we'll bend the reality of our environment, whether good or Mm. bad to our own comforts. And I think that's where the answers lie. They lie in, in where we, where and how we consume things in the most effortless and and seamless, uh, interaction. That's in regards to entertainment, obviously, but it's also in regards to just everything in life in general. For the most part, nobody wants to be bothered or bugged or harassed or, you know, dealt with, deal with horrible things. Most yeah. people don't. They want to just be loved, understood, and heard, really. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much it. And everything else is just yeah. icing on the cake, you know, so. But if you There's put that in context, is. I think it helps, so. Yeah, and there are some interesting films on the subject. Yeah, which ones? Her, I think Her is a good Sure, Her is a great one, yeah. I mean, Blade Runner is <laughs> sure. it's yeah. somehow connected to that. Um, what do you think of the newest one? I think it's awesome. It's yeah. definitely one of the better movies uh, on my list. Oh, yeah, cool. I love it. It's yeah, really it's good. good. It's interesting to see sci-fi being made at that level, you know, now, yeah. especially with the, the weirdness that's going on in the industry of, of movie making. I feel like yeah. I feel personally that films are on their way out, unfortunately, just because of the way the business is, is not. I'm talking about big blockbuster movies that are on their way out. Yeah, it's more <laughs> towards uh, TV series now, I guess. Yeah, like big productions, TV series. Yeah, I, I still really love um, the lower production stuff. You know, if you think about it, like There Will Be Blood and No Country for Old Men, for example, were in that kind of smaller yeah. budget, but master masterpiece films masterpiece um, current films which is really quite unique you know so but yeah i I feel like it's going into the the episodic really it's the dawn of tv what people call it but it's not tv it's it's not even that it's it's like the dawn of sequential entertainment Mm. i guess or something it's just yeah yeah, it's quite interesting fascinating stuff i i I like it i think i think as a consumer we're so lucky there's so much there's more than ever to to enjoy. I just rewatched uh, um, True Detective season one the other day. Oh yeah, that? that's uh, yeah, that's really good. Really good. I love that one. Yeah, yeah it's really well written and acted so well. I wasn't yeah. really keen on the ending, but it was awesome regardless because the writing was just so fascinating. I really yeah admire that writer. I don't. He went to some deep dark places in his head to get all that dialogue <laughs> yeah, yeah. out. And it's really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, really yeah that was right, uh, right up my alley, as you say. Yeah, uh, I really like those. Uh, I like short TV series. I like one or two seasons at most. 
I yeah. want an ending. <laughs> I, I can't, and I, I can't watch these like big, you know, Game of Thrones or Lost or you know, they Wait, just you dare watch those. Cheap. Well, I, I, I always start. Uh, so I start watching like one, two, three, maybe four seasons, mm-hmm. and then I start to like understand the formula that they're going after. Yeah. So I know that it's going to be cliffhangers, after cliffhangers, after cliffhangers, and then I have to wait a year for the next. <laughs> Yeah. season and i just i just can't take it you know yeah <laughs> i don't want to spend my time like wasting my time on that so. i usually wait until those shows are done and then i binge them i just finished sopranos yeah. you ever watch sopranos uh no never it's really really good um it's really uh it's heavy on the psychological aspect but it's, it's got a lot of symbolism in it and it's just really well yeah. written and amazingly executed on the acting aspect of it it's i mm-hmm. highly recommend it especially because now you can just binge it and watch it without waiting for seasons to go and i ended up watching i think it's seven seasons hour episode each i think i ended up getting through it in about a month and a half which is oh wow and i don't sit there and watch it I, it's, you, it's not you like, have it on yeah i just on have it side. on the side exactly okay. but it, it's just really engaging and the characters yeah. are really great and it's like not every episode's a home run necessarily but i think that's the beauty in it it doesn't have to be and i think that it doesn't follow a lot of the tropes that a lot of other shows do which is like like dexter for example you watch dexter yes yeah. <laughs> you, have a, you have a murder in episode basically you know like that formula yeah. And so you're kind of like, oh, you check your watch and you're like, oh, there's 15 minutes left. Yeah. How's he going to kill this guy? And then it kind of yeah. takes uh, the energy out of that, I think, too. So the loss is really great. That's, I'll probably end up going back to watch that. I watched that three times now over, but I stopped oh, after like season series? four. Right. Yeah, oh, okay. I watch it because I just find it fascinating because right. it just builds up so much interest. And it's psychologically for me. I'm just like, why, why, why am I watching this again? You know, what yeah. makes me interested in this, you know? I love the first uh, the first season when when you didn't awesome. know anything and you just wanted to get down in the bunker. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was so mysterious. And yeah. then the second season was good, but it started being like weird. Yeah, it starts to get into just the abstract. <laughs> like yeah. after the third season, I'm like, nope, I'm I think out. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it should just end. Um, yeah, open. You know. Sure. And that's one thing I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I find it fascinating, you know, and it's just based on whatever you like, I guess, you know, and I think for most, yeah. of t- most of the time with these kind of projects, I guess you'd in- encounter that too, like with your work and you probably do is when you release your work, people want that like completion, you know? So like yeah, when yeah. I shared your work, people were like, whoa, this is like the longest scroll ever, but it was totally worth it. You know? So it's almost <laughs> yeah. like the same rhythm that you'd get from somebody watching a show, the payoff, you know, yeah. and people to see yes. the payoff, you know, but um, is it the journey or is it des- the destination, you know, as a consumer and what, and, and how do you balance that and juggle that, you know? So that's what, that was my okay. whole thought on the, the true detectives. I felt like oh, I could have just ended like, an episode early without all that. Yeah, I didn't really care about the ending. Really. Yeah. It was just... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm like that with most uh, like entertainment. I watch movies or series. I, I'm more about the feeling that I yeah. get when I watch it, like the music or atmosphere. Uh, I, don't, I don't really care about the plot. It's, it's mostly the same anyway. Yeah, you, know, you have the, the, is, Ho- yeah. the Hollywood plot. It's the same. Basically. 
yeah good good versus evil lightness versus yeah. darkness that's yeah exactly yeah that's, yeah uh, do you uh have you seen mindhunter yet i have not hmm. uh, my yeah. wife check it out a couple of i think she watched maybe the whole thing okay it's it's only like uh like 10 episodes or something yeah it's yeah. it's it's a it's underwhelming at moments but it's actually really interesting it kind of kept my interest that's usually how i know if something really sits with me is it permeates into my subconscious for weeks on end after and I'm like thinking yeah. about it and studying about yeah, it yeah. usually fincher's work does that for me uh, wasn't a huge fan of gone girl but i love his other work a lot so yeah it just kind of depends on what it is i guess so yeah, yeah. i think i'm kind of bad at analyzing like story plots and movies and stuff like that but i i, I want to get better at that and that's uh, to tie into my 3d projects that's i think that's uh, one of the things I see myself um, incorporating more in the future. Mm. It's like telling the story, even if it's a it's a an image of a Ford Mustang. I can still tell the story with that image by yeah. like the texturing work and the lighting and stuff like that. I want to do more of that. So, that uh, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think I've um, I've polished my like modeling skills and hard the hard skills uh, really well, but I haven't like put it to good use in storytelling yet. So if you look at my project, it's mostly studio renders or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, it's an isolated object with no real story behind it. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying to like work in, work <laughs> in the storyline in my textures now and the four Mustang project. Uh, and I want to like render it in an environment as well in the future, which is going to be, couple of more months of work if, if to get it where I want it to be. But uh, yeah, that's one of the future goals for me. Definitely. Incorporating story. Yeah. That's a whole, yeah. that's, that's another, you know, spiral, an, yes. <laughs> Rabbit hole, you know, yeah. understanding story and then really dissecting things. And that's one thing I love to do psychologically is just go like, Whoa, okay. Why did I feel that feeling just now? And what had just happened there? And then yeah. going frame by frame and trying to break it down. Um, it's like a weird thing at the beginning. And it's something that I never really was able to learn in books. It's just kind of something that you have to sit there with. And and that's where taste comes in, I think. And you kind of really sit there and go like, huh, I wonder why 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 this? And why this decision? Mm -hmm. and why why did I feel this? And, 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 and once you go through that, you can really kind of... Once you go through that journey, you can really kind of... Uh, I think you could feed that into your work a little bit more slowly, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, I think some people are better at it faster than others, but yeah. I think you need uh, some, at least some basic <laughs> tools as well to be able to, um, to analyze <laughs> these kind of things. I don't think I have um, any good tools because I don't know. I can walk into a museum or whatever and, and just stare at something and I know that it looks good and I can see that it looks good. Yeah. And I like it. I can get that feeling inside that, that, you know, this is really good work, but I can't really tell you why. Mm. And then I see other people just going up and like dissecting the image, and like breaking it down. And like, oh, you see the light coming in here and you don't create these patterns and you play with this and there's a symbolism here. Mm. That's just I your guess, lens. I, yeah. Yeah. I, I stand there like with a question mark over my head. Like, oh, <laughs> how can you, how can you see that? I want yeah. to see that as well. So that's one of the things that I want to focus more on. 
Yeah, yeah that's yeah. just your lens. That's just putting in the time to really dissect things and really understand yeah. why things are what they are and <laughs> getting into it, you know. And I think that's just something that comes with time, really. That's all it is. And if yeah. you're interested in, I'm sure with uh, it seems like you have a really solid grasp on how to get what you like. And, and, and I think that's just all that is, is a matter of time. Once you put in that time, yeah. then you're, you're good to go. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, one thing I noticed in your work and your, your pipeline is you start off with uh, using this kind of like CAD based lines to help you kind of like yeah. grit, um, understand. Is that something that you learned along the way or is it something that somebody taught you or, and, and is that, um, is that just kind of a process that you do using like an orthographic kind of thing? And then you build out the volumes via, what do you call those things? Vector lines or something? Uh, splines. <laughs> splines. Okay. Splines. Yeah. I think I, it's nothing unique to me, I think. Um, but I, I ended up doing it because I always find the shittiest blueprints <laughs> that don't line up very well. Hmm. Uh, and I have, I have a hard time looking at a 2d, 2d image like side and front view and yeah. understand the volumes and shapes so i need something uh, to get me going and so i started using curves and if you like if you if you create enough curves on a model you can actually you know feel the volume when you rotate it in a viewport yeah and and also you, you can have it in the background when you model so it's a lot quicker to model it just kind you of helps you see to, it yeah yeah, you don't have to uh, say you make the side of a car. Like no car has a flat surface, basically. Mm. But if you if you start to model it from like the side view, it's always going to be flat. And then you need to go move to the front and move some vertices and then go back and forth. Then after four hours, you look in the, in, uh, the perspective view and it's all skewed. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to go in and like, oh, it's a tedious process. But if it you is, have those yeah. lines, uh, <laughs> because because they are mathematically uh, like NURBS, you know NURBS? Yeah. Uh, because it's, it's math, basically. So you can have three points and it will draw a perfect curve in between. So you don't have to... Uh, you don't have to work with 400 vertices to line them up. In yeah. your mind, you just follow the curve, and it's going to be good. You can even snap vertices to those curves, but I, I don't use NURBS. Uh, many people ask me this, but uh, hmm. I just use the splines for for three D reference, basically. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's one thing I I noticed with your work as you're showing the pipeline of the the work in progress is yeah using that in the beginning. I think that's a really smart thing because as I we'll build out stuff and start to model. I have that, those pitfalls where oh, it looks great here. And I move it. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's just like, a, it's a disconnect as an artist, uh, with the hardware we have using screens and not being in that space. Cause you would see it yeah. instantly if you were holding it, but yeah, yeah exactly. so much of so art I, is seen though, you know, so much of it is just seeing it and being able to interact and see it. And then, understand yeah. the forms and stuff especially in three dimensions as well <coughs> obviously mm -hmm. um i guess um, any kind of yeah. cheats and tricks will help though yes and that's uh that's a big one i think just fine yeah and then I, I i usually model everything in the perspective view uh, unless it's something that i want like super straight or um i use perspective huh? i usually use orthographic or a very long telephoto lens to 
flatten everything out for me. But it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I usually use uh, a really long lens as well, but I like moving around. And if I have those those splines in the viewport, mm-hmm. I don't really need to go into the orthographic views to like model shapes or whatever. I can just you know f- follow follow the curves and look at the the shape all the time. And usually I put on uh, like a reflection shader, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like they do in car design, where you have these uh, zebra patterns so that you can see the quality of the surface. Yeah, I, I do the same thing in Maya, just a like a simple cube map on a shader, so that I can see the reflections. Yeah, sick. Have yeah. you considered? We talked a little bit about this on on just between conversations. Have you considered <laughs> teaching the knowledge that you have to other people? Is that something of interest or even a desire? Yeah, because that's a whole different aspect, right? Is the teaching yeah. aspect of it? Yeah, which is yeah, sure. seems easy, but it's actually quite. Uh, a whole nother rabbit hole is <laughs> is it is yeah. <laughs> teaching people um, what you know. So is that something you've considered, huh? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have some experience from it already. I I used to write some tutorials for like level design stuff <laughs> back in hmm. I don't know fifteen years ago. Okay. Uh, for like Quake and Half Life level editors, uh, nothing big, but um, and you know I've been advised for. 12 years soon. Wow. Yeah. So that naturally I have, I have to teach other people, uh, things all the time. Uh, I, wish I, think I, next to you. <laughs> I would bug the yeah, shit out of you fun. every day. Yeah. <laughs> You'd no, hate I it. <laughs> no, I get out of here. Ash. <laughs> yeah. I'd just be bugging you. All I love the time. it. Cause I learn, I learn all, all kinds of things from new people as well. Yeah. They you learn a lot from teaching most up to date knowledge from schools and stuff. So I really yeah. like that. Mm, that's smart that's good too it's good that you're constantly a student as well because that'll just make you better yeah. as you go through the process yeah i think it is, yeah, I think it is. but yeah I, I have plans on doing some kind of uh, tutorial ebook or videos or a combination i haven't decided yet nice hopefully you can help me out a bit yeah i'd love to yeah i can know a thing or two about teaching people (laughs) yeah yeah it's definitely a journey and and, um you have a lot of knowledge and uh i think it i think people really appreciate to learn this stuff from you because i think yeah you offer so much uh knowledge things that are probably pretty common and simple to you which aren't for Mm. most people like myself for example like (laughs) i originally started as a like a drawing artist and painter and so, okay. and then falling down the rabbit hole of CGI, because I feel yeah. in many ways, it's, it's such a, it's such a, an evolved art form, I think, you know, like, um, yeah. in a sense where it's like, you can really manifest and make anything you want if you have the desire. Um, yeah. which, and, and, and not just a still image, but a moving piece of, 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 of stuff and it can move yeah. your emotions and stuff and whatever you constitute the value of these things are obviously. But, um, yeah, I find it fascinating and it's just something that I'm really, I really love and, and I love, uh, yeah, the whole process has just been amazing and it's really great to learn, um, from people that have put in the hours to kind of, I consider people like yourself, like uh, time machines go in the time machine, yeah, yeah. skip ahead a couple <laughs> years. If you're really paying attention and you know what questions to ask when and how and, and then you jump yes. out of the time machine, you're like, all right, cool. I, I gained a, like a superpower a little bit here, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> but nothing, 
in your opinion, and also mine, I guess, is is nothing will ever beat the 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 fact of just sitting down and getting the work done uh, and failing and and going through oh, the, yeah. the efforts of failing. How do you deal with uh, the incessant just push uh, failure and 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 growth? How do you get through that? How do you get through those like kind of issues? I guess of you know. Damn it! I think it. I, I yeah. <laughs> call it the damn it years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm still in those years. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Like daily, uh, <laughs> it amazes me how 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 you can run into problems like simple problems still after like twenty years of using a computer. It's like why <laughs> oh, you have to like problem solve every day? I think that's part of it. I mean, you have to look at it as problem solving. Yeah. Break it down. And just, uh, I think, have the confidence that if you put down the time, you are going to learn it. It's just, or fix the problem or whatever it is. And never be afraid of failing because that's <laughs> that's when you learn. If you don't fail, you can't grow. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. All your all your Yoda words are so, <laughs> yeah, they're like three words, but they're just, ah, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it feels the best obvious advice. when you, when you've done it so many times and you, you, you can like trust in yourself. Um, I think it becomes obvious. As well. Yeah. But it's, it's not obvious for, for the beginner. And <clears throat> I don't know how I learned it, but, uh, I never had, I never had a problem with it. It's the same with the ego thing. You know? um, people fail. It's okay. Hmm. As long as no one dies, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's hopefully that's yeah. the yeah. time we get to die. So, <laughs> yeah, you're obviously a petrol head. Um, we talked a little bit about dream cars and stuff. You mentioned having a mini mm. would be something that you'd be really interested in. Um, yeah. Also, a key to my heart is the NSX, and saw your concept. I, th- I think it's really fascinating. It's great. Um, yeah, how do you decide which car to build? Or is there? A, do you have a list of cars that you? Are you going to continue doing cars? You got something else in mind? Um, yeah. How do you kind of go through that whole process? Yeah, it's usually a timing thing. As when you know, I have some some colleagues at Dice uh, who are interested in cars as well, and we used to do these uh, kind of small competitions mm-hmm. where we we took a car that is rumored to come out in the coming years, mm. like for example the Supra. Was rumored a couple of years ago to come out in a new years ago uh, yeah. version. Yeah, yeah. So, Mark Ten or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we, uh, <laughs> we we just make up these briefs like, oh, uh, you have to design the new Supra that's going to come out in 2019 or whatever. Nice. And then we're like two two or three people who make each of our own version of, it, and then we just have fun comparing them. That's cool. Talking about design. And I'm I'm the same way with, you know, the NSX is one of my favorite cars. It's hmm. it's so awesome. So I just I have a document there as well. I just write down like cars that I want to redesign. I started working on either like a Citroen DS. You know that one? Yes. Oh, the old sick. like uh, frog <laughs> <laughs> looking car. Yeah. Really futuristic when it came out. Yeah. Uh, you, but you... they haven't released a new one, so. I thought I was going to make that one. Hmm. Uh, I started designing it, but I find that designing stuff is like on a whole different level. Yeah. You need to, like, you need to activate your brain <laughs> so much more. 
so do I you, usually make you every other project. Or do you... Yeah, I start I start with thumbnail sketches in a book, hmm. uh, just to get like a feeling going, uh, like inspiration forms. Um, I love minimalism, so I try to find like the the, uh, uh, the least common uh, denominator or whatever you call it, and the yeah. design. Yeah, and then just I, every project I make or design. I try to make it as simple as possible. Like, uh, what can I remove, or like, how much can I remove before it's too much? And I bet some people think it's too much sometimes. Uh, and I mean, well, that's all. That's the failing part. I don't. I don't. Uh, yeah. You know, it's my it's my design. Uh, some people think I fail. Some people think I I win. And <laughs> I don't know. It's. Uh, <laughs> it's just fun designing stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's it's mostly about whatever you're you're wanting to do and what you're interested in and, and yeah, and especially with cars, like a I watch Kaisel deal with it all the time when he posts his stuff up, just people the hate that he gets. Uh from you know, he's also going off and just doing crazy stuff to make people mad. So Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of part it's, of it. So <laughs> Yeah, it is fun. But no, I think that's, I find that fascinating. That's cool. And it's cool that you draw as well to be the, the, because I'm looking at your super stuff here. Um, I think the drawing aspect is really quite important too when it comes to CGI work is because it helps you kind of see um, instantly. And I call it like oh, cheap, yeah. cheap, cheaply time-wise to, to get iterations, to get out yeah. the bad ideas and try to retain some of the good ones and flesh out. Again, as we consume things, we're constantly trying to inundate our minds. If you're a thirsty brain, like you're constantly trying to inundate your mind with as much information as possible on the subject matter. Mm. And that process usually just allows you to eliminate and build up a, um, a mental image, basically, to help you yeah. distinguish what it is that you're, you're making and helping you get through it. So, yeah, those rear haunches are kind of cool. It's got that um, very subdued 4GT kind of thing going on too and i think the new nsx has that too that rear kind of open vent yeah, area yeah. that's cool i dig that yeah. yeah what's your thoughts on the newest nsx design um inflicted like obvi else? obviously obviously <laughs> i didn't like it too much because i made my own version <laughs> uh, well, I, I don't think it's mine? the same car yeah <laughs> yeah i don't think it's the same car as the old one so yeah it's not really fair comparing them they don't have the same. I mean, nothing Anything, really. Yeah, yeah. It's very much its own thing. On its own, yeah. it's very impressive and quite special. And yeah, 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 I think it's cool. Chris Harris, I think, called it like the what's it the, the baby nine eighteen or something like that because it's using all the same kind of things. You know, the electric motors mm -hmm. and um, torque vectoring. I guess it's what they call it. Yeah, <laughs> but the engineering like is went, awesome uh, too. Yeah, it's like they went all in to make like the. The ultimate transformer <laughs> i don't know yeah vehicle yeah. sports car yeah and i think that's fine but i don't i don't necessarily think it's an, it's a true nsx yeah. Uh, yeah i think it should be like cockpit like very light small nimble uh, yeah those ingredients yeah i mean i have a first yeah. gen i have a 1993 nsx yeah. it's not stock in any form um just got done completely rebuilding the engine um, it's supercharged. It's got KWV threes, coilovers. It's got Tarok yeah. ten piston 
brakes. I mean, it's got all these goodies, tons of other stuff awesome. done to it. Um, it's a freaking beast. It's so much fun. <laughs> it's not just a beast, but it's also very incredibly nimble and a lot of confidence inducing when it's like when you're driving it. Yeah. Like I was mentioning the other day, I was out with like a four five eight uh, Ferrari mm-hmm. and some Claren six fifty Rs or whatever those things are called, mm-hmm. and some Lamborghini. Uh, I don't even know what those things are called, and, and like a bunch of Corvettes <laughs> and Supras and all kinds of fun stuff. And man, we were just having so much fun. And the NSX, yeah. it's my car is twenty five years old, although refreshed, it's still. Yeah holds up with these guys when I even a problem and I'm not a pro driver, (laughs) but I'm just pushing it, you know, and it's so much fun, but it's, there's a, there's a spirit to that car. Um, totally. I've owned many cars in this one out of all the cars I've owned. This is a, this is the most spirited car ever. It's just has all those things. And it's interesting is it's still like, um, I watched like the nine, six, four, Porsche, the old old gen Porsches kind of blow up after mm. what Magnus Walker kind of came on the scene. And Singer. <laughs> and Singer, which is incredible. Yeah. yeah. And then speaking of Singer, the, the Daniel Simon collab that, that just recently released, oh, that, that green awesome. one. <laughs> so awesome. That's so good. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Daniel's uh, such a beast. Uh, he's like a, like my, he's doing what I want to do as a dream, basically, which is really cool. And props to him for going out there and chasing it. I was wondering when that was going to happen, him and Singer to do something. I think he was hinting at it a while ago, so so I'm happy oh, that okay. kind of came together. So, um, but that, that was uh, that was a shock for me. <laughs> oh, really? No, I think he was. Yeah. He was. He used to post stuff of Singer, and I I oh, look okay. at I look at him and his career, and I go, okay, well, it looks like he's going to manifest <laughs> some some Singer stuff. I imagine. Yeah. You know, you have a portfolio like him and the pedigree that he has. You just go to Singer and go, hey, I want to make a car with you. And they're going to go, okay, that sounds great. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, he's know, cool. So. He just, uh, he just <laughs> goes for the, for the dream projects. And he makes I it happen. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Great. Yeah, it's really cool. But yeah, no, it's, uh, cars are really interesting. I think for me, what's interesting, I'm not sure if most people know that, but the big thing with cars, like cars are one of the big catalysts for me, um, probably for you as well. Um, it's the one thing that I'll sit up really all night just learning something stupid that I would never do for any other thing other than to like make, make some kind of car thing, you know? So, or, you know, I'm not, like some guys like Vitaly's really into robotics and like guns and stuff, yeah. you know, like that's what gets him all pumped up. Cars is for me and probably for you. And some people are characters and some people are his poetry or whatever, but I think yeah. it's important to have that catalyst of creativity because if you don't have that, you're just going to kind of waver around and float around yeah. on like on, on like Pinterest and Art Station until you end up just getting stuck in the hole. <laughs> other people's yeah, interest, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, it's a common thing. Um, man, this is awesome. I I want to talk to you a little bit more if you have a little bit more time. Um, sure. <laughs> on to excuse me. Um, you know, we talked a little bit briefly about your future projects and where those are all, all that yeah. stuff's going. Um, do you, can you share anything with us when you're done with like the Mustang, I guess is probably the next thing you're going to jump onto. Um, got yeah. some ideas um, of what that's going to be and, um, and what, what you're planning to get out of that experience and that project itself. Uh, yes, I, I haven't decided on like what the next big project is going to be. Um, but I think the, the Mustang thing is, um, the actual model is going to be finished pretty soon before Christmas, I hope. And I want to try to, 
to use that project um, to make some kind of teaching material or uh, you know sp spawn different uh, like new smaller projects from that one like the storytelling thing and probably use the car in uh, some new projects in some kind of way to learn new stuff as well nice um, i'm I'm really good at uh, not getting the most out of my projects. <laughs> I, I can spend <laughs> six months six months on doing the Ducati uh, motorcycle thing, and then I just show ten renders and it's gone. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of <laughs> kind of low mileage for what I spend on it. So. Yeah, I would, I would I, reach I out wanna... to like builders and like, can we build this, please? Here it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like Car and Trend magazine or something, or I would send it to all the people to try and be like, let's exploit this as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's probably but, the yeah. you know your subdued, uh, you know how you mentioned you're a little bit more on the shy side, you know. So yeah, uh, yeah, and then I haven't really, I, I haven't really thought about that before, like reaching out as much as possible in the latest couple of years that I'm starting to think about. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, after Mustang and after all of that, uh, I still have another project that I started, which um, which is on my Behance, Isilius Zero One. Yeah, I saw that concept car. Uh, so, so that's my own design that I I'm gonna finish that as well. Hell yeah! I I actually started the Mustang because I got really tired of designing. <laughs> I was kind of burnt out on that. I couldn't decide on the design on that car, so I just wanted something like therapeutical to model. Nice. And it ended up being a lot bigger than I thought. <laughs> the Mustang thing. <laughs> but it, it, it's, yeah. How far away it's, are you from finishing it? And you mentioned you're not going to be doing like the engine and all that stuff too. Which should, yeah, because that yeah, be, that's a whole. <laughs> that's a that's project on its own. Reference images and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not too far off. I um, modeling is done, like UV mapping is done. I've started texturing stuff. Not too many weeks off, I think. Awesome. And then I'm gonna try to. Uh, I think I'm gonna start off with uh, like fine art renders and studio renders and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah, you're using and, uh, Redshift and stuff, huh? Yeah. Nice. Um, <laughs> I want to make some kind of book from the images mm. uh, at least like private book that i can hold and just uh it should just look at all the hours that i put down yeah uh, i showed you my nsx book you could just make it on like yeah. blur blurb it's really quite easy you yeah. know so yeah that yeah. was really content. awesome yeah i love it thank you so yeah. in 10 years you can go back and just open up the book and see you know this is what i created yeah, uh, it's, we're yeah, old. Totally we use books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but I, I think it's a totally different experience. It's oh, yeah, it the is. same way in photography. You know, you can take four hundred pictures and look at them at, on Flickr or whatever, and then and you you don't think much of the images, but once you print them, they become something else. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And this is I think more thing. people should print more. Uh, yeah, and that, that uh, goes for me as well. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 yeah. I mean, the digital age is great because it saves paper and, and material and inks and stuff. Yeah. yeah but um, at the same time, yeah, there is nothing like having a physical print of your work. It just kind of yeah. changes the, uh, the perception of it. 
It really is yes. uh, makes it quite quite unique, I think, in the overall experience of 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 appreciating the art itself. It takes on a new form, and I think it's just because psychologically, again, we're used to having things tactile. Um, and once we get into that yeah. realm of tactile, it changes it completely. So. <coughs> It's you not really a, finished until you have it in your hands, is it? <laughs> no, exactly. No, exactly. Do you have a dream project in mind? Like if, if you ultimately you could just write whatever it was to be that you were going to do, what would that be? Well, I think, uh, I mean, Singer is one of the best uh, out there when it comes to car design and, and you know, doing that Daniel Simon project, that would be a dream. Damn it! So Daniel together. beat you to it. No joke. Oh yeah. Smash <laughs> <laughs> it. I know. I mean, I mean, seeing seeing something that you helped uh, design being uh, created in the real world—that would be a dream. I don't yeah. think I have like a special brand or whatever that I want to work with, but just uh, you know, seeing your design come alive yeah. in real life that would be a dream. That's what I'm going to do. So, yeah. yeah. Have you reached out to Daniel? You should reach out to him. Uh, I haven't I haven't reached out to him. <laughs> he's a busy this. guy. He's a busy guy. But, yeah, you yeah. should. Yeah, he's really nice. Very approachable, too. He had, he, he, I did this uh, film with my friend Chris. We did this film called Epoch. I'm fascinated with space, and we wanted to make a space film in, like, a couple months and see if we could do it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've we seen ended, some of the posters for it. It's <laughs> really interesting. Yeah, thank you is it done or is it yeah it's done it's been done for a while okay. now it's um it's on my site but we uh did it and i uh i don't know how i got in contact with with daniel i think we were supposed to work on a project or something together and i just sent him some love like oh man i'm, I'm a huge fan i'm excited to work with you eventually and and then yeah. he had he had remarked on how much how how much he loved the the ship design and how like it's like he says one of the most iconic spaceships ever designed. I'm like, wow, thanks. <laughs> so my whole idea with it was to make an atom shape, basically um, yeah. connecting points, vertices, basically three D yeah. model stuff. You know the the irony yeah. of that. You know, so yeah, that was a, the simple stuff is the best. <laughs> exactly, it's simplified, but you know, and this you have all the greebling going on on the surface and stuff too. It's very much like Ralph McQuarrie style when you get close to it. Very yeah, with that. I was going to say Star Wars is mm -hmm. like a good example of that. You, that you have these basic uh, geometric shapes and then you fill it in with uh, you know, stuff that makes it feel plausible or real. Yeah, details. I think it's all about yeah. the details and surface levels. And I, I modeled a, a lot of that using Fusion 360 because I don't, I, at that time especially, I didn't know poly modeling. So that was, a, yeah. <laughs> that was an it's interesting journey. Tool. Fusion 360 is amazing. Um, yeah, highly recommended. I think you'd probably love it if you don't use it already. <laughs> it's just I taking that CAD stuff off and going to. Um, yeah. You just don't have to worry about edge flow and all that crap, you know, so. Yeah, no, I'm probably, uh, I'm too old school when it comes to that. I just uh, <laughs> you know, brute force everything. Yeah. Uh, I could probably learn how to be more efficient modeling. Even if I'm fast, it's like a lot of work. I like hand model everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, if that's not your point and that's not your reason to do it, yeah. then I don't see the point. And, you know, if you're ever interested, I could teach you some stuff if you want. Or like there's plenty of guys that are really great. I know Vitaly will just rip out things using Moy. He'll just rip out like a, a whole car yeah. in a day or something. Damn him. <laughs> um, but I guess it depends on what you want to go for. Is like quality or quality. Oh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or like, you know. 
just wanting to be fast or not, you know? So yeah, it depends yeah, yeah, on what you I, want. I guess for concept work, you have to, the yeah. deadlines are so quick, so you don't have to, or you don't have time to, you know, dabble with the fine stuff. Unfortunately, that's my one biggest gripe that I have about the industry is yeah. it's just such, so disposable and yeah. there's no like, you know, when you, when, when I was in Europe, I went to a lot of galleries and looked at a lot of amazing art and really reminded me that artists in the beginning, um, had a lot more time than we have now. Everything's so, oh, yeah. so yeah. fast and, and, you know, you'd have years to build a piece. I'm like, wow, mm. that'd be so cool, <laughs> you know, to have that's that why much time. I, I, yeah, that's why I spend so much time doing my personal stuff. I don't yeah. get paid for it, so I can spend however long I want Yeah, making it. And um, I see it more uh, more like fine art uh, rather than like conceptual stuff. So for me, it doesn't matter if it takes six months. I want to I want to like make something that I can be proud of. Yeah, no, it's good. And I think that's, that's a different approach. I, I have a different approach. I, I, I like to use like kit bashing, for example, which I know is unethical yeah. to a lot of people. And I, 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 I imagine you probably have your own gripes with it. <coughs> What's your I thoughts on fine. that? You think it's fine? <coughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're doing. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to model, like custom model 5,000 parts. Sure. Uh, you just need... Uh, if, you just, if you're after that agreeable uh, look... Fill in details to make it look realistic. Uh, I mean, you should use the the tool that's right for the job, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't want to spend five thousand hours modeling stuff if I don't have to. <laughs> sure. That, uh, I sometimes I choose that path path because I I think it gives a better result. Basically. So yeah. I, I have nothing against it. It's just oh, that's cool. It's a different way of doing things. I guess. Yeah, I once had a person kind of criticize me for doing that, and I was like, "Wait, hold on!" And then, uh, and I was like, well, yeah. "Are you? Are you? Let's go down this rabbit hole." Then, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> are you? You know, in the programs that you're using that you say are, you know, like, you know, are you programming the ones and zeros that create the processes? Yeah. And, uh, come on, you know, like, like get over yourself here. But I think there's differences think, on principles, you know. So, yeah, and that's also, <laughs> I think I was like that in the beginning as well. Sure. Stuff. Well, you want to justify okay. your hours, you know, you're spending, you know, you don't want yeah, to feel like you're wasting and also, your time. And I think also you're trying to look at like faults in other people's work because you're insecure. Sure. Yeah. But yourself. Uh, so I see that a lot in, in like car renders and stuff. Uh, I know we talked about this before. Um, yeah. It's fascinating. The whole uh, people download cars, they download backplates, download HDR paramas and then put it into keyshot and press render and and they're super proud that something you know good looking came out of that button <laughs> press and i mean that's that's fine if uh, and it, you know if your goal is to design a body kit for a car it doesn't make sense to put 400 hours into modeling every screw of the car like i do <laughs> sure yeah so it's yeah. all I guess it depends on the end, the end goal, I guess, right? And then yeah, and, <laughs> and people who say, "Oh well, you didn't model everything yourself," maybe they haven't thought about it from like different perspectives. Maybe sure. that's not the goal of the creator. 
Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's I all about un- understanding the goals, right? So if somebody wants yeah. to learn how to render, um, yeah. then they're going to get into that and they're going to really go into, yes. um, you know, oh, I want to learn how to render. So I'm going to spend the time doing this, blah, blah, blah. And that's going to be, you know, my excuse to educate myself on that. And then some people yeah. are like, oh, I really need to learn poly modeling, you know, and I need to go and they're going to follow the mm. same kind of journey as you. I guess it's just a matter of what interests that person and why they're going to do what they're going to do. And, and the end goal is really what matters to me, you know? Um, yeah. But I then think, again, I think, I think you should be, uh, uh, one should be very uh, like honest with, if you're showing someone else your work and you take credit for something, yeah. I mean, obviously you should, you should be very clear with what you have created. And the sure. Things you're showing. Yeah. Um, I think it probably, affects people like okay for example too like when i'll go and make something and it it's almost like disheartening when people are like oh did you do that did you do that and I'm like well kind of yeah i guess <laughs> and, then, and it's almost like it, ripping the value of the work so it's like um uh somebody painted something right go oh did you make the did you make the paint no oh yeah exactly <laughs> did you make the canvas no oh uh and then it's, it's like okay then it ruins the art Almost. And, it, and I guess it depends on the audience, you know, I find that in the in the creative field that we work in, people are incredibly hard on themselves and uh, mm. others, even more on others, too, because like <laughs> it's pretty uh, like um, when you go and really something, I find that people are like, you know, unless you pushed every moved every pixel aside from programming the, yeah. the, the thing. Um, it's just not good enough. And it's, that's a lot of pressure, you know, and it's true at some points, you know, it's like, it's good to be able to get through and make all those things. But at the same time, there is only so much time in the day. And if you're wanting to make a lot of stuff, it gets, it gets quite yeah. difficult, you know, and there is a, an ethical issue that happens there too, you know, totally agree. And people should be more honest and open about what they're doing and how they're doing what they're do- doing, you know, <laughs> it could be about expectations. I think, I mean, yeah. If you look at a project and uh, uh, your expectation is that people uh, uh, should create every single pixel or whatever of that project, then you're going to be disappointed or angry when you find out that you know half of the stuff isn't made by that artist. Or, yeah. But, it, but if it's very clear that this is a this is a design study of a, of a body kit for a car, then who cares who made the car? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you look at the body kit and you say, oh, great design or whatever. Uh, you know, Casale's uh, cars, <laughs> I never, I never actually thought about like who made the cars or whatever. And most of it is photo bashing, I think. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I look at it and I, I understand that the things he does is design cars. So I look at the design and, you know, <laughs> the rest is, I don't care how he, got to that final result <laughs> yeah and i think it's again it's the expectation thing it's almost like yeah. watching like a pixar movie and getting pissed that john lasseter didn't sit there and, and animate everything you know it's like, like hold <laughs> yeah. on now you know like yeah gotta be a little realistic here you know i think it's the same kind of mentality that people think that like the president let's say for the president of the united states is is why mm. he's the one that's making all the calls that's that's not even that's not even possible not even physically no, possible exactly. yeah. <laughs> it's, there's many different things and i think it's a matter of understanding just how complex this stuff actually yeah. is and how much man hours it does take to make a single thing. 
you know, and understanding. But that. I, I can remember when I was uh, little in school, um, this thing uh, when when drawing, if someone used a ruler, that was uh, that was apparently bad. <laughs> yeah. like, what? You can't uh, draw a straight line. Hmm. You're a bad artist, you know. Hmm. But when you think about it, you know, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Use a ruler or you know whatever. It's if the end result is what you want. Yeah. It's what you want, then it's all fine. I learned a lot about this um, through working really close to my buddy Mache. Mache, he'll use every shortcut in the book. He doesn't give a shit. He's like, yeah. I don't care. And and he's why really, should you? Why exactly? And and his whole thought is like, I don't care, <laughs> you know. And if people don't think it's valid, then well, they're not working on these projects, so and they're not dealing with the nuances of it. And exactly. they can go, they can go eat it. I don't care. And so. His whole look on it was like it was really embracing for me. I think it's a it's a fine line, you know. Um, I know there's like artists that will use other artists' work in their work too. Which yeah, is yeah, cool. that's not okay. But <laughs> yeah. well, it's a thin line, right? You know, so it's like you know, you go on TurboSquid, you buy somebody's art or whatever, a model, yeah. and then you go and use it in your work. You know, is that okay? And then is it not? You know, or if you buy a model let's say you're in a situation where you need to work on a project but it needs to be turned around really fast you don't have enough time to <coughs> say model entire item or whatever yeah. and you yeah. use it in a commercial and it ends up making you money i guess if there's money exchange of course it's fine yeah right? if you i think if you like turbo squid stuff if you pay for it and it's under if it's okay under the licensing you know agreement yeah why not i mean everybody does it yeah, it wouldn't make sense to re remodel everything for every single project. Uh, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, it's but it, uh, yeah. if you end up like ripping, I know it's very common to rip three <laughs> models from games like Forza. They use kind of some kind of software to rip the model uh, from the game, and then yeah. they use that to render, and then they put out the renders on Behance or whatever, and they don't say where the model come from. Mm. Well, you probably get, get a lot trouble. of praise. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just I, I think it feels bad. I would never do it because I would never be able to sleep at night. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and you're also in a different realm too, like where you yeah. you know how to get to the finish line too, which I think is different for most people. Because yeah. when, when I think an average person looks at your work and then not, I've showed your work to a couple people that don't know much about CGI and they're like, "Wow, like this is insane," <laughs> you know. So. Um, you're quite removed from that reality for sure because you you know how to yeah. get to that finish line. So <laughs> again, it's a perspective shift too, but it's an ethical yeah, thing, which is really quite interesting, you know. So and and it's it's a, it's a really weird thing that um, I don't think we'll ever have the answer for because it it's a gray zone that everything kind of floats yeah. around in, and um, you know sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I guess it just depends at the end of the day what matters to you as a creative and what inspires you and how you're going through your day and making it work and whatever you feel is, is good or not, you know, whether you're being honest with yourself or not, you encounter it a yeah. lot in the design industry, which makes me hate it more <laughs> every day. Right. But yeah. yeah, a lot of ripping off and all that kind of stuff, but it just kind of, it's just something that comes with the territory, honestly. So. Yeah. Well, I think um, like honesty is a big thing. It's a big thing in life, I think. Yeah, you should yeah. always be honest. Don't you know, lie about things. Don't try to get away. Uh, you know, 
Well, you're always going to face yourself at the end, you know? Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you get, to, you know, I think for the most part too, you just get kind of wrapped up in trying to be somebody that you're not because you want to try and please other people. I think that's one yeah. of the big problems that, you know, we all face, um, especially younger artists and stuff. And it's like, you should didn't, you shouldn't not even care. You mentioned this early about like how a junior artist would come in and be like, I'll do all the models and stuff. You yeah. Know? <laughs> not realizing that they're putting themselves in a trap, you know, so mm. same thing with life. I think too, you just got to be careful of the traps you put yourself in and be aware of, uh, those pitfalls because yeah, they'll catch up and yeah. get you. So, but I think that's a I good role in life in general is just to be honest with yourself and what you're doing. I think mm. from there is everything else kind of spawns from that. I would agree yeah. completely. So, man, this has been epic. I have to get back into this yeah. madness. I have to do, but and I'm sure you got some <laughs> modeling and some notes to push around and some polys yeah. <laughs> to, to perfect. But, um, dude, thank yep. you so much. It's been really enlightening. It's oh, great to get you. to know you a little bit more, and um, appreciate yeah. you having this conversation. It's the first time we're really talking on the podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this has been yeah. Thanks a lot for having me. It's uh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's a pleasure. We're honored to have you. So thank you so much. And we'll catch you on the other side. Have a best uh, best of times making your next work. And thank you again for inspiring us all and showing us Thanks. the level we all need to hit. And a lot of yeah. lessons <laughs> learned here for everybody, junior and seniors. And that concludes this week's episode. Big thank yous to Andreas for coming on the show and sharing his time with us this week. You can find links to the show notes for this week's episode at thecollectivepodcast.com slash 170, along with links to our Facebook, Twitter, and iTunes podcast page. Have an amazing day, everyone. Be powerful, be prolific. Peace out, everybody.